Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This week, I'm talking to Pamela Wilson of Zero to Book and Copyblogger. We will talk about her role at Copyblogger and some of the processes that she has put in place while working there. And the key takeaway that I want you to be looking for in this episode is to think about, as she's talking about the processes that she's put in place, what processes can you reimagine or rethink or change your perspective on, or create from scratch for that matter, that will help you in terms of repetitive tasks or reworking structures or creating structures to help you with pain points in your productivity workflow. Before we get to that conversation, I want to say thank you to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Listeners of Beyond the To-Do List can get 30 days of full access to FreshBooks with no credit card required. To test out FreshBooks, you need to go over to freshbooks.com slash to-do and enter to-do in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash T-O-D-O and T-O-D-O in the how did you hear about us section. FreshBooks is one of those things where if you've listened to podcasts before, most likely you've heard an ad spot for FreshBooks and you're thinking, yeah, it's an invoicing thing. It's way more than just invoicing. Yes, by using FreshBooks, you're going to create branded templates for your invoices. You're going to send those off. You're going to know if the person even saw it. You're going to be able to send easy reminders without having to think too hard about it, and you will get paid more. But what you don't know about FreshBooks, most likely, is that you can track the time that you've worked on a project in FreshBooks, which helps when it comes to making that invoice. You can also track the expenses that you've paid out from your business in FreshBooks. If you're out and about and you're at a business lunch or you're just you know paying for a client's coffee or vice versa, a future potential client's coffee or even lunch, take a picture of that receipt and then FreshBooks will track that for you so that you don't have to have a headache come tax time. You got to check it out. Again, FreshBooks is giving beyond the to-do list listeners 30 days of full access Take advantage of this. Try it out. Head on over to freshbooks.com slash T-O-D-O and enter T-O-D-O, to do, in the how did you hear about us section that helps out beyond the to-do list. It helps you out because you're going to get paid more and track your time and know where you're spending your money. And I think that's a win-win. So enjoy this conversation with Pamela Wilson. This week, it is my privilege to welcome Pamela Wilson from Copyblogger. Pamela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Eric. I'm really happy to be here. Copyblogger is, one, huge, and two, well-known, but I don't know that everybody's heard your name before. So let's dive in a little bit as to what your role is at Copyblogger, and Rainmaker for that matter. My background is I have been in the marketing world for almost 30 years, and the majority of that time has been offline marketing. But back in 2010, I decided to create this online presence for my business. So I knew I wanted to use this thing called content marketing, which I didn't know much about. So in the process of trying to learn more about content marketing, I, of course, did what all of us do. I did a Google search and I found Copyblogger because Copyblogger, I mean, it is this amazing resource for people who want to learn more about content marketing and online business in general. Copyblogger has been around since 2006. So 10, 10 long internet years that they've been serving up information about content marketing. So yeah, so I found it when I was in the midst of doing that search and 
um, started reading everything that I could at that time, and then got to know the team behind Copyblogger, started to guest post for them and write on the site pretty on a frequent basis, met them at some events on in-person networking is super important. So I met them in person at a couple of events. And then a couple of years ago, they asked me to join the team. And at that time, I had not worked for someone else in 22 years. (laughs) So it was a big change to become part of a team, but it's been really exciting. And then they put me in charge of managing the copy blogger blog in March of 2015. So it's been a little over a year at this point. Let's see, March 2015 would have been right around when you and I met, I think. Yes, it probably was, right. We met at uh, Craft Content Nashville. Yes, which for those of you keeping score at home, it used to be called PodCamp Nashville, has since rebranded into Craft Content and is still one of my favorite things to go to, although this year I could not make it. Yes, and you missed my keynote because I gave the keynote this year at Craft Content Nashville. It is such a great event. It's a smaller event and lots of local people, um, so many local people that I was convinced that you were a local person because I met you at (laughs) Craft Content Nashville. But um, yeah, it's a great, great event, very dynamic and uh, really gets you in touch with what your content creators in the local community are doing. I love that event. Yeah, I get a lot of people who ask me either, so where in Nashville do you live? Or, so when are you moving to Nashville? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have to work on that. There you go. Content marketing is not necessarily something that is often talked about on a productivity podcast. And I want to make sure we define what that is before moving forward. Mm, yeah. And it is it is so ripe for productivity um, techniques. I think that uh, I'm really glad we're going to talk about the topic. So content marketing, to define it, is information that you offer up to the people you're trying to attract to your business or to your cause. And that information is basically giving them what they need at the exact moment that they need it in their buyer's journey. So you're providing information, guidance, support, sometimes entertainment. I mean, one hopes that one's content is also entertaining and pleasing to read. And it's basically a a marketing technique that rather than pushing marketing messages on unsuspecting people, you are pulling them toward your business with information that's helpful. And yeah, and that makes sense because ultimately you're, you're creating something, you're pushing it out there, providing value, and hoping that at the time that they want to purchase something, they think of you because you're now top of mind because you've been so helpful. Exactly. It's sort of, you know, we like to say at Copy Bloggers the difference between. Um, going out and trying to spear a fish by just like throwing something at them or putting out bait and attracting them to swim toward you because you're offering up good information. That's a great analogy. I love that. So content marketing is, all, is what Copyblogger is all about. And you've also got this other piece to it, though, which may be particularly interesting to people who are listening to this because it's a podcast. You guys have Rainmaker.fm, which is this whole other arm 
of things. Right. And that's the thing about content marketing. It can take a lot of forms. So on Copyblogger, our content marketing is mostly written. And that works for the audience that we're trying to attract to Copyblogger, which is mostly writers and readers. So we do a lot of written content there. But we do have this other content platform, which is Rainmaker.fm, and that's our podcast network, and that is all audio content. And it's audio content that's trying to attract a variety of different audiences, but it's content that's tailored toward the audience it's trying to attract. And you guys have some really cool people that are partnering with you, for example, that are that have been previous guests even on this show, like Chris Ducker, Jeff Goins. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I can think of, uh, not off the top of my head. But anyway, you can, and you do a show actually with Jeff Goins. Yes, I do a show with Jeff, and it, there's a funny story I'll tell you just briefly how that developed. So I'm in the process of writing a book. It's the first book I've ever written, and I approached Jeff and said, you know, do you know someone who could just coach me? I just need somebody to bounce questions off of because I've never done this before. And he wrote back the shortest email I received in 2015. It said, me. And I was like, oh, nice. Okay, well, let's talk, you know. So when we had a conversation, he said, I love the idea of, you know, helping you to create your first book, but if you're going to do this, we should make it a podcast. And he said, I don't think anyone has done this before, um, kind of done the book creation process live. So I had somebody tell me recently that it was like a reality podcast <laughs> because oh, yeah. every week I, th- I show up with my real questions like, okay, this is what I'm confused about this week. So it's been a lot of fun and I've learned so much and our audience has learned a lot too because apparently I'm able to nail down exactly the embarrassing, naive questions <laughs> that a newbie would ask that, you know, they're too embarrassed to ask out loud. I, I just go ahead and ask them. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. And uh, you know, you being the guinea pig in a sense, and Jeff being the, I'll say expert, but also being kind of the coach. Yes. And it's, definitely. And it's Zero to Book, which is a pretty cool title. Zero to Book.fm. Yeah. That's awesome. So not only are you recording a show, but you are essentially managing how a lot of the content is brought together and, uh, you know, published and, you know, the, the projects, it, all this kind of stuff. It's a pretty big job. How do you manage that? It's a lot because we publish five days a week. So we have a pretty intense publishing schedule. And the thing about the content that we publish on Copyblogger is it is content marketing. So we are publishing content that has a business purpose. It, it's not just, you know, fun, meandering thoughts about our daily lives. It actually has a business purpose. So what we try to do is always kind of look at the the big picture of where we want to go and what lines of business we need to be promoting so that we can then get very granular with specific posts and make sure those posts hit their goals and all of that. So, And we do it with a combination of posts that we generate in-house, so in-house writers and then guest writers. We have kind of a select group of guest writers that we work with. And they are subject matter experts on specific topics. So we tend to tap them when we want to talk about a specific topic. And and they love that, actually. Writers tend to love when you give them 
a topic to write about. It's like, just tell me what to write and I'll write for you. So we've been doing a lot of that. And that's been, that has been such a gratifying um, effort to, to develop these relationships with specific writers. Since I know you're a, a systems person, a processes person, when you took over uh, back in March of 2015 into this, and stepped into this role, obviously you've got to start to set up a structure. There probably was something already existing. Absolutely. But you have probably modified and mastered <laughs> it moving forward and even scaled it up and down. So let's talk about that. How, how what, what was it like when you entered in and, and how have you – Let's use the word revitalized. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not like it was in bad shape or anything. We were we were publishing three times a week. So one thing that changed, it was very interesting timing because I came on board the editorial team, and literally two weeks later, we launched the podcast network. And when we first launched the podcast network, every single podcast episode was also being published on Copy Blogger. So, and I don't know if you remember in the early days of Rainmaker FM, there were a lot of podcasts. We have since scaled them back a little bit, but there were a lot. We were publishing three, four, and five podcast episodes a day. So what was happening is you would go to Copy Blogger and you would see one written post, and then you would see four or five audio posts. So one of the changes I made immediately was to suggest that we scale up to publishing five days a week because it, it felt a little bit like the audio content was so much more prominent than the written content. And the written content is what people were used to coming to Copyblogger for. So I, I felt a sense of responsibility to continue to serve that audience. So that was the first change was just to scale up how often we publish to go from Monday through Wednesday to Monday through Friday. And then the next big thing, really, it was just, and this is just my personal preference, I really like to do things in advance. I don't like to do anything last minute. It stresses me out. So I seem to do my best creative work when I have plenty of time and I'm not sort of under the gun. I mean, I, I give myself self-imposed deadlines, but I don't like it when I feel so much pressure and I'm rushing or doing things at the end of the day. Nobody likes that, right? Right. So one of the things that I did is I encouraged the whole team to basically work a little bit more in advance than we were doing. I mean, it just kind of worked out this way, um, but there ended up being a really sneaky motivation for doing this. So one of the things that changed when I came on board the editorial team is I have a graphic design background. So one of the things that we decided to do was to do these custom blog post images for every post. So it, every post involves finding, you know, an image, overlaying it with some kind of color, and then figuring out some text that we're going to put on it. So there's a little bit of a production process. And because we are creating those for every single post, we have had to back up post-production so that we have enough time to do the images. Right. So it worked out. It worked out great. It's like, oh, well, we need your post at least, you know, a week in advance. So we have time to do the image. So and everybody wants one of those images because they look nice. So nobody wanted to miss out on on having a custom post image so that it was just fortuitous, but it worked out. I can say that working with for and in social media examiner, 
that that is a very similar process <laughs> to what we have going on as well because we've, we're publishing – well, gosh, we're publishing two on Monday, two on Tuesday. Wow. One on Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on Friday, and then there's another guy who creates a Saturday morning image for our Saturday morning social media news marketing wrap-up post that also houses our Friday morning live show that we do. Jeez, uh, we do a lot. Anyway, yeah, and so I know all this because I have worked with the person who's the editorial, uh, head of editorial, and that's not even what you're doing. Like, you're just managing the publishing. You're not the, edi- you're not the editor, managing editor. I am not the editor-in-chief. We have an excellent edit- editor-in-chief, Stephanie Flaxman, and she is really doing the heavy lifting on the Copy Blogger blog because she's interacting with guest writers, sending them their topics, looking at their initial drafts, in some cases sending them back for rewrites and fielding. We have lots of people who want to write for Copy Blogger, so she has to field all of those um, requests to write for us. One of the things that she has done is develop these email templates that she uses, and then she just personalizes them for each, each person she's writing to. So that saves her a lot of time. And then we she already had something and we just kind of refined it a little bit but like a style guide that we developed for the way that we like to get our posts the length the number of subheads things like that the kind of information that helps to guide writers so she developed that and then sends that out to any guest writer and that's why when you come to copy blogger you sort of know what to expect i mean you don't know what the post will say but you sort of know that the post will be somewhere between a thousand and two thousand words at the most. We usually ask people for fifteen hundred words, so it's in that range. You're not going to, you know, come to Copy Blogger and find an eight thousand word post. It's just a style, and I think having some kind of content style like that is helpful both from a production sense, but also for the readers, because readers have some idea of what to expect when they hit your pages. Well, see, and you just used the word expect, and I think that's the key there, is what you're doing is is you're setting up expectation, not just of your writers or of your what your audience can expect from you, but also on yourself as this is the standard. This is the standard of quality that we expect. And then you're making that onboarding process easy so that if somebody's inquiring, you can say, this is what we expect of you. Can you meet that? And they can sure submit and try. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, it makes it so much easier. And the thing about, and I'm sure you touch on this all the time, but You know, the thing about setting those processes in place is it seems like all this extra work when you're doing it. It's like, oh, man, I got to set up the style guide and everything. But once you have those things in place, you are so happy that you you spent the time setting them up because then it's just a matter of sharing them. Yeah, I read somewhere and it was something along the lines of, oh, here it is. I found it. The first, this is a, the ninety ninety rule, and I found this on Wikipedia. I knew, I knew it sounded familiar. Uh, the first 90% of code accounts for the first 90% of the development time. The remaining 10% of the code accounts for the other 90% of the <laughs> development time. <laughs> oh, man. So, That's yeah. awesome. But what I get at with that and, and what I think we really forget is that Setting up processes, setting up procedures, documentation can be boring, can be long and arduous, but it is work, but it is work well worth doing because it's like laying road. Now you can drive on it. 
Exactly, exactly. And here's the thing for anyone like me who's basically a creative person. If you had told me back in the day when I was studying graphic design um, that I would be this much into processes, I would have been like, oh, that sounds like something an engineer would do. You know, Mm -hmm. it just didn't seem like anything that would appeal to me. But what I have found is having those processes in place really allows your creativity to flourish because it's it's sort of taking all the boring admin stuff that no creative really wants to do anyway and making it take the least amount of time possible. So I love it. I'm very much into processes. And I think it's one of the reasons that I ended up studying graphic design instead of like sculpture or ceramics, because graphic design was that combination of a creative field with with the business world. I loved it. The whole idea then behind these processes, though, and and setting them up and and having it not necessarily be the fun part. Although I I tell you what, there are probably people – I believe there's all types of people. And those of us who like to create uh, are are one class of people. And then there are the other people who are gifted in – that they like working in that that creating of the structure. I am not. I am, I am definitely not one of those people. It's it's. You hear a lot of times um, people talking about well, which productivity uh, software should I use? And I say often it doesn't matter. The one you're yeah. going to use is the one that you need to stick with, or the right. one that you'll stick with is the is the one that you should use. I I always tell people like use the one that you feel the least resistance around, you know, because the idea is the tool should be serving you. So if you uh, like, here we are talking about processes and systems, but we use very simple tools to implement those processes and systems. I mean, it's basically a combination of Trello and Trello cards. So Trello, I mean, if you've ever used it, it's a very visual tool. It's very easy to use. You don't have to know any kind of, you know, elaborate coding or yeah, we, we use Trello at Social Media Examiner as well. It's fantastic. It's It has been a very easy way to get things organized. And then like Google Docs, you know, mm-hmm. we put a lot of stuff in Google Docs and share those with each other. So it's nothing that elaborate. It's very simple stuff. And it's all the tools all feel very accessible. So you are implementing processes and you're setting up systems for things. But you're doing it using these tools that don't feel scary. So we're, we're talking around processes. Let's talk about implementing processes or finding, you know, figuring out when do you need to start a new process or change a new process or that there's no process in place. Let's talk about this, this you know, realizing that there's a need for structure and how do you start from scratch and, and even move forward from that. Yeah, I think a good example would be this thing with the custom images on copy bloggers. So that was a brand new thing. We had never done it before. And I knew that I was going to need to work in conjunction with an outside vendor who helps us to create most of the images. So I knew that the more we could set a process in place, the less expensive it would be to to kind of work with her because the less time she spends on it, the less time she charges us, right? So I knew that it was a, a, you know, an effort that we were about to make that was ripe for having some kind of process put into place. So 
This is how we end up doing that. The editorial team meets on Thursdays. We have a Skype video call and we go over what's coming up in the week ahead. And we, if we need to, we move posts around or insert things because maybe we have a promotion coming up. So we need to insert things. And, but we sit in front of the calendar and get it all worked out. And then Stephanie Flaxman sends me, she calls it the image roundup email. And it's got all of the posts for the week ahead. And if she needs to attach any of them so that I can look them over, she does that. If we are, we do occasionally republish posts. We call them copy blogger classics. So she'll attach a link to anything we're republishing. But basically, it's just a roundup of all the content that's coming in the week ahead. And then I go through and take that email and write text for each image because we we put text on our images but it's not the headline text it's almost like a an alternate headline that i come up with and the reason we decided to do that is it gives the the person kind of two opportunities to engage with your post either they're attracted by the headline or maybe they like what they see on the image one or the other, hopefully you draw them in and get them reading. So I write that text and send it all off to the designer. And then she starts matching images with text. And then she sends me three to five options for each image. I pick one, send it back to her, and she does a final. So we just, we have this nice process that works like clockwork. She gives us a very competitive price because we have a nice process that works like clockwork. So (laughs) it's, you know, for her, it's this nice, steady stream of incoming work. And it always comes in the same kind of package. So she's able to generate her piece of it very easily. And I always know what to expect. She sends images around the same time of day every day. So if it gets to a certain time of day and I haven't heard from her, I mean, that rarely happens. But if it's a rare day when I haven't heard from her, I'll just be like, I'm going to see an image soon, right? So yeah, we have it down. It, It works really well. Is that a daily or a weekly process? Well, it's weekly and daily. So Stephanie, on one day of the week, typically on a Thursday afternoon after our meeting, she'll send me that image roundup email, and then I send it all off to the designer on that one day. And then during the week, she's just dripping me images back a day or two before they're needed so that I can approve them and and then send them off to Stephanie. Gotcha. What about, uh, do you have any kind of processes over that are, that are longer periods of time? You know, not a, not a, you know, a batch thing of like a week at a, at a time, but maybe something more a month at a time or even, or even bigger time frame than that. Well, what we're always looking at is what we need to be promoting as a company. So for example, right now on Copyblogger, we have a content marketer certification program that we launch a couple of times a year, and we're going to be reopening that in August. So right now, if you go to Copyblogger, a lot of the content on Copyblogger is trying to encourage people to join the interest list for that product so that we then have people interested in in um, potentially joining the program who we can email once the door is open. So it's knowing what's coming up and kind of shifting content around so it serves the promotional needs of, of your business. So, I mean, backing up from all that, there are meetings that happen so that we all know what promotions are coming up company-wide and, and we can accommodate those in the content schedule. Perfect. Yeah, we, we have kind of the same thing where we have, you know, we know 
that we're about to launch something that's going to be on sale for the summer that is happening in the fall. And then, you know, we have our annual conference, Social Media Marketing World, that's in March of 2017 coming up a year from now. But, you know, having those large scale things on the map. Yeah. Yeah. It helps to plan ahead. It helps to know what's coming down the the pipeline and, and just to prepare the audience because, you know, at any given time, people are looking at our site, but they're looking at lots of other sites and they're busy and they have busy lives. So you can't expect people to know, uh, you know, to keep your schedule in their heads, right? So yeah. you have to give people lots of opportunities. What have been some of the other challenges in your workload where you've had to create practices or uh, processes to move forward and, and kind of smooth over or increase or, I don't know, just up the quality of the, the workflow? Well, what's been interesting for me at the first part of this year is that I've been writing a book. Um, and that's something I'm doing completely on my own time. So I actually, I mean, if you want to hear about it, I'll tell you about the process. Yeah, I go can. ahead. Okay. So I'm writing a book about content marketing. This is the one that I'm talking to Jeff about. And so what I ended up doing, I read this book called The 12 Week Year. Have you read that? I have heard of that. I have not read it. Uh, if you're into productivity, you will love yeah. that book. So what's very cool about it is they basically say that if you give yourself an aggressive deadline, you will get so much more done than if you try to spread it out over a long period of time. So I one of the reasons I picked the book up was because I wanted to write a book and I wanted it to be available this fall. And I knew when I worked backward through the production schedule that I basically had 12 weeks to write it. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, okay, the 12-week year, that sounds perfect. So the way this book works is you set yourself these goals that you break down over the 12-week period so that at the end of the 12 weeks, you have hit your goal. So in the case of a book, it's very easy because you just break down how many words you want to write every week so that you end up with like a 50,000 word book at the very end. So that's what I did. And what I ended up doing was waking up early on Tuesday mornings and writing for a few hours before my workday started and then taking a chunk of time every Saturday. And I did that over 12 weeks and I got the first draft done. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's one of the things where people will say, I don't know what to do next, or I don't know what thing I should start or whatever. And most don't realize that in the time that it takes to wrestle with yourself about deciding which thing, you could set a short deadline and really wrestle something to the ground and complete it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And then it's done. And then even if it's not perfect or completely finished and needs to have more work done to it, at least it's at least in final draft form to ready to move on to the next stage of perfecting and polishing and figuring out what it really is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Getting that first draft is so important. And it's something I talk about in the book is that, you know, no one has to see that first draft. It's private. It's just your first draft. It can be messy. It can be junky. But it's just getting it out and done and complete. That is such a huge step for people. And I think a lot of people get stuck at that stage. Yeah. What made you decide to write the book? On it, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but it, I mean, shortening it down is that back in 2010, when I started my site, Big Brand System, I actually thought I wanted to write a book. But when I started looking into it, I 
discovered this whole online world, discovered content marketing, like I said, looked up copy blogger, um, discovered all the information there and said, well, maybe instead of writing a book, I'll, I'll just start a blog, which is what I did. And that has led down a wonderful path that has led me to where I am today. So I'm not complaining, but that feeling like I wanted to write a book never went away. <laughs> so way back then, I wanted to write about branding, marketing and, and design and branding and now I really wanted to write about content marketing because I learned how to do content marketing and developed all these tricks and techniques and and processes over the years. And that's what I wanted to share in the book. I, I am a non-writer who figured out how to write content. So I wanted to share what I had figured out in a book and, and put it in book form so other people could benefit from it. That's awesome. So it's still in process. You can still check out the process by listening to Zero to Book with Pamela Wilson and Jeff Goines as he coaches her through the process. Yes. Yeah. And I, I actually have a place on my own website where people can read chapters. I call oh, it the cool. Book Factory. Yeah. So that's bigbrandsystem.com forward slash book hyphen factory hyphen join. And it's free, and you can. They're first drafts, but people have said, "Wow, this is a first draft. This is pretty good." So, but there are, you know, spelling mistakes and all, or it's all, you know, kind of warts and all is there for people to read. But the information is good from what I'm hearing back from readers. So that has been a lot of fun. I've developed this whole community around the content. Very cool. I'll make sure to to get that link from you and and link it all up, link all the stuff up, actually, that's been mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Awesome. Pamela, it's been awesome talking with you, and I hope to see you soon in person again in Nashville. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Eric. It was a pleasure. So I hope that as you were listening to that, you were thinking about your processes that you already have in place, as well as potential new ones especially where you know you need them. And I think that's the first step there is identifying where you need them. Because if you can't do that, then you don't know how to even begin starting to make them. One of the things that you may have a pain point in that you could use to help fill a gap in a process is FreshBooks. Again, I want to say thank you to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. As a listener of Beyond the To-Do List, 30 days of full access to FreshBooks. No credit card required. Head on over to freshbooks.com slash to-do and enter to-do in the how did you hear about us section. This is going to get you paid faster, paid more often, and track your time spent on projects as well as the expenses that you spend in your business, even if you don't have a business. Dude, this for freelancers or whatever, this is that gap thing that's going to suddenly pay for itself after getting paid for just one time. So you got to check it out again, freshbooks.com slash to do enter to do in the how to hear about how did you hear about us section that helps this show out. It helps FreshBooks out. It helps you out. Thanks again for listening. And I will see you next episode.
Beyond the To Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.